superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobrovolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is Serious Rocket Fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobrovolsky. Okay, this is going to be fun because we were already cracking each other up. Eva Avenue is my guest today. She's an abstract expressionist painter living in the East Village of New York City, our favorite city in the world, well, next Mm -hmm. to Paris, I just want to say. Now, listen, she made her living as an editor and writer at newspapers and online magazines. And since 2009, she's got her own nightly noodle monthly art zine magazine that she posts. And it's incredible. So right now she's working for the Art Students League in New York City, and she's working on her first film, The Art Show movie. She's getting up and walking around right now. I don't know what she's doing, but she produces her own shows in any city she can get one because she's incredible. And her big dream is to have a storefront. I love this big dream because I always walk by storefronts thinking, yes, that's the place I'll be. But she always wants to have a storefront, you know, that's got a bar in it and a place where people can meet filled with big paintings and art shows and interesting conversations to be a beacon for people and voices in the city. Please welcome Eva Avenue. Hi, Patty. Good morning. Hey, welcome to the show. So nice to have you here. So nice to be here. I had gotten up because someone was calling me during your fantastic intro. And so, yeah, there you go. I love that. That's okay, because that's Mm -hmm. how we are. We're all casual in here. And so I don't know where you are. You in New York City right now? I'm in New York right now. Yeah, because every so often, like I'll see a post from her and then she's in St. Pete's, Florida, and then she's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then you'll see her, you know, on Instagram doing these amazing paintings that I'm always like, I want to buy that one. I want to buy that one. And that one and that one. (laughs) And so when you see her artwork, you're going to feel exactly the same way because it's really beautiful and it really expresses who we are right now. You really are a right now kind of person. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. Well, and somebody said about you, you're the most artist artist that they know. And I believe that I feel that way too. So tell us a little bit about yourself so people can get to know you. Where'd you grow up and how'd you become an artist or how'd that evolve? Right. So my proclivity to be an artist kind of came about naturally because I lived many different beautiful places and both my parents were painters growing up. And so it was just not even a hard thing to slip into doing, not even on purpose. So I was born in Amsterdam in an attic. My mom was going to painting school there. My dad had sawed all the legs off the furniture to make this like Amsterdam attic child-friendly and small <laughs> to the ground. It was very zen. It was very painter's studio uh, den. Kind, so of hippie, was, kind of hippie, kind of hippie experience. Yes. Yeah, very, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love right. that. And so then, right, we went to Portugal. I was like a year and a half. So we moved there where my father was from. And right. So just a lot of painting, a lot of, again, that sort of bohemian lifestyle. And 
you know, no reason for it. That's just, that's just what they did. You know, it wasn't explained to me Eva. you know, art is important or, you know, this is what we're doing. It's just what was there. And so by the time uh, we left, my mom left and we came to Florida, I really had this culture shock with these perfectly manicured lawns. I had to wear clothes outside. (laughs) It was like really bizarre. So Right. I don't know. I felt, yeah, it was a little jarring. And I don't want to say like I threw myself into some sort of creative thing, but you know, I did. I did <laughs> no, you the... probably were like, oh my God, where am I? <laughs> a little Who bit. am I? How yeah, do I find bit. myself? How do I calm but, myself down? And so I remember I might just, but for some reason, my first thought was like, can you get me piano lessons? I asked my mom, I was like, I want to take piano. I remember someone like, like mentioning on our way like leaving Portugal, I was playing some sort of, you know, these metal keys and someone said, she's really good. And I thought, I am really good. You know? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I was like, yeah, this sounds like a succession of correct notes. And I, <laughs> I thought that was fun. And so, right. So I, yeah. So living in Florida, taking piano lessons, you know, just writing poetry, uh, drawing, you know, um, that was sort of what I did well at in, in school. And I, you know, there was, you know, not some sort of family thing where, you know, it was weird to want to be an artist, even though there's no, because your parents were artists. I don't think I knew that about you. That's fantastic. So so you were allowed to express yourself in any way you wanted to. I I was right. And so, so I just kept doing that. And then I enrolled into an art high school and I got more training. And so the, you know, the, underbelly of that is being financially illiterate yes. and not really having a sense of how certain real world processes work. Yes. So, you know, I ended up with student debt going to school. You know, I, I got a full ride to MICA, the Maryland Institute College of Art. It was my first choice, but they didn't have a full scholarship. So I, I went to New Mexico and my mom really wanted me to go to school, you know, on my own, I might've just painted and, and seen what what could happen that way and ended yeah. up in the city like that. But you know what? It worked out. I learned how to write well and I did make a living off of what I went to college for, which was, you know, editing and writing and sort of arts journalism. Cause I thought, you know what, if you're, if you're going to make it on your own, you, you have to know how to write, you have to know yeah. how to talk to people yeah. and you know, you know, it's just like a good skill to have. So yeah, I kind of was just gathering all these things and wow. taking, um, you know, music composition and African dance and ballet and French and like comedy writing. And I just had a really great time in, in college. So yeah, I kind of just by miracle of sheer will have been able to sustain the life I've been living my whole yeah. life with, you know, pockets of hardship or a little something that feels like a detour, but in the end you realize it wasn't. Yes. You know, it goes. Yeah. Um, Right. And so, but a big part of what I've done is visualization. And I have always understood before I met you that there was this kind of, there was like a a currency beyond economics that could be like, you know, brought up access. Yeah. There's something else you can access and activate just if, even if you don't have money. And sometimes you, and I think the people that discover this are the people that have to find another way to make a thing happen. Right. (laughs) That's right. Like you have to discover like, you know, what's the, you know, where's the book of spells and everyone's looking for their own book of spells. And so Patty, you were a big, (laughs) right. You were a big, uh, yeah. Book of spell chapter. When I found you, I was, it was uh, pretty great anyway. So here I am on your podcast. This is so. I love it. Well, one of the things that I wonder about, so when you grow up with a couple of parents who are painters, 
you know, were they critical about your painting at all? Did they give you feedback about it? Did they let you just express yourself or how did they encourage you or not? I'm curious. Like, I don't know if my parents were painters or illustrators, if I would have ever drawn, you know, I might've been worried about how the picture looked. So my mom would give tips when I asked, or if she felt moved to point out, you know, how to do a simple, um, a, a simple tr- trick to achieve a visual effect. Um, but she did not really sit me down and like give me art lessons. But I, <laughs> I always kind of had them and the supplies were there and she would like, you know, she would yeah. drag me into her, you know, um, anatomy class for the portrait sections. And I would sit, I was just always immersed in it. I'd go to these art shows. And so, yeah, usually if I asked, but I think she was just happy I was doing it. So she wasn't trying to crowd me. And then my dad was just, you know, one of those critical, you know, hard to please, you know, it's why she left. I I went back again yeah. in Portugal in 18 to see him again. And I remember his friends coming to visit and I could see him being visibly annoyed when they would joke that I was better than him, but I don't know yeah. how much they yeah. were joking because <laughs> I was like, I really wanted to do, he like sat down this canvas. This was in the South of Portugal. And he was like, or in, in Portuguese, he didn't speak English. He's like, show me, you know, show me what you can do. So I, I, I made this beautiful painting and I made it all with um, some green in there. Cause I remember he would say that like a green's a hard color to paint, but it was mostly blue and yellow. I remember chopping up the green to blue and yellow to its, its pure states. Cause those do make green. And so, yeah, it was like this beach and this desert and these people like carrying these gourds. And so, but I just remember it annoying him that I was <laughs> that you were better. Yeah. That you yeah, were better. I, but wow, not necessarily wow better but because he made really beautiful work that tourists love of like these like the moon on the water and the thing but right maybe that was more observed maybe he wasn't so imaginative maybe they were out of his imagination I don't know but the funny thing is so this art show movie I'm making which is in lieu of a solo abstract show I was going to have but COVID shut that down um so I'm making this movie instead and my sister in Portugal just sent four paintings over that my dad had made you know he died in 2006 that oh, wow. and they're for me to finish they're like unfinished wow it has all and it's, it's kind of beautiful and so I wow. I still haven't picked them up because a it's intense for me b I want to film going over there and getting them yeah as part sure. of this movie yeah and then the, the movie will culminate in an actual physical art show and so I would like to have have those paintings in there that my dad did that I finished yeah. one of them I don't think I will I think I'll just leave it as it is but yeah it's uh wow that is so great so mm-hmm. when we met and then COVID happened or maybe we met during COVID I can't remember but what I do know is that you started to make this movie the art show movie. movie and I can't wait for that because the way that your brain works is just incredible I mean you are always piecing together new ideas and they're just exploding and so for you to have that vision of what it will be and then also you're really a big ginormous risk taker I think as an artist, I mean, you'll just move to a city and then you're just going to do it and you're going to figure out how it's going to go. And so tell me, you were recently in Albuquerque. What were you doing there? I was writing out the pandemic and painting for the show I had gotten. So I initially, when I got this show and it was right before the pandemic, it was finalized. And around the time I met you, um, although I had known your work beforehand. So yeah, I, I wanted to paint anyway. The, the pandemic hit, my work went remote and suddenly I could go out West uh, where I used to live and work on these large paintings because yeah. it's hard to paint in a little like 
Yeah, in a uh, studio in, apartment or tiny little thing. apartment. Yeah, right? which which I'm back at in, in the city, but whatever. So, yes, exactly. But I had so much. Until you space. get that big storefront space, yeah, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, make I these know large... spread out and mm. the big paintings. I can't wait. Yeah, that's the dream. Which is, you know, back in the day, you see those beautiful pictures of those abstract expressionists in the 40s and 50s here in New York, and they had all these these big warehouse spaces because they're. Well, I was going to say the even the thing, 70s you know? Basquat. I mean, even if yeah. you look at those, you know, you can see the space in that movie behind him, and I'm thinking. Oh no, yeah, that, that's yeah. Nice. It's it's, uh-huh. it's not like that scrappy city no. as much anymore. You really have to have money to buy in. So thank God I married yeah. someone with good credit, so I could get <laughs> this apartment that has a sink in it. Because before last time I moved here, I didn't even have a sink in my room, and it was just like, <laughs> like man, I, this is a lot. So, but yeah, that's when I found your um videos when I was living. Yeah, in that well, when you so you went to New Mexico and then you mm-hmm. just painted for the show itself and created all the work. And how many paintings did you do for the show? I have like, I guess about 10 and I'm currently working on more because the longer this movie is taking, the higher my standards are and the bigger my dream for how this looks. So that's okay. I was just asking you about how many paintings, (laughs) but I was curious about how many paintings are in a typical show, like the one you did in New Mexico. How many were in that show? So I've had shows in New Mexico. There is not a show that I did in New oh. Mexico. I was only okay. So you went I was only there doing to the create work for the movie. Yeah, ah, so I, I get it. I, I, I get brought it. them with me to New York. I still have the work because I'm still working on the show. And so I mean, I've since done like a large number of like smaller abstract ones. And I'm now working on. It's not abstract, but. I meant to make it abstract. Now I accidentally have this portrait of Fran Lebowitz and Dr. Dre because they're both ruthless and the painting is called Ruthless. But the background's yeah, abstract. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, I love anyway. that. Now, and then what, how do you make money? Do you sell your artwork? Can you do it specifically with that now? Or how do you make a living as an artist? Really? What have you I, learned? Yeah, I've learned that it is such hard work. It's just really hard work unless you get lucky. But I mean, it's either hard work and then you know nothing or it's hard work and then you get lucky so or it's hard work and a slow climb you know there's many ways to go about it but yeah I, I do work jobs it's so right now the financials of what I do is is more hobby status because I get I make sporadic sales because I'm not so concentrated on it but I do work at the art students league of New York which is like if I can't be at the Yale School of Painting, I was going to say like that is like the most incredible place to be. Yes. Right? So basically every artist from New York and from outside of New York who had to use it, you know, as a way to study in the States went through there. Everyone except Andy Warhol, but his nephew did go there. You know, we got Pollock, mm-hmm. we got George O'Keefe. I mean, just everyone went through there. And so to be in those walls, to be there you know, with access to the teachers, being able to take classes there, uh, just meeting all these New Yorkers and just being able to talk with my artistically minded coworkers. It's, I feel like I'm in a nucleus, like a little nucleus. Like I just meet everybody. And so, uh, right. And there's people I want to interview for the show. And and I'm thinking like, how can I, you know, use the league for, for part of this movie? So yeah, the the paintings are getting bigger. The dream's getting bigger. I'm working on a soundtrack track for it. And, and it's, you know, so much visualization went into this. I can't even, I thought I'd be like, you know, talking about sort of all these little points, but then, you know, I just want to tell you what happened and it's like getting into how I even brought all this stuff about. But I mean, everything's been a drawing. Like I made a vision board about moving to Manhattan, which is just so hard. It was so expensive. And it's just the, but the COVID pricing made it happen. And so it's- So you were just, able to, so you drew it in a picture. Yeah, every, all the cool stuff I, I make happen, I drew in a picture 
yeah. visualized it or I made a collage for it. And yeah. it's just either, and either like how you say, you know, your brain guesses its way to an outcome. It'll yes. either be like that or the picture will solidify the thing in my mind. So I don't give up on it. Like when I was yes, trying to yes. get, get this art show in Northern Ireland and I was get, coming up with a lot of like obstacles, but it was that drawing I made that I learned from you that just, I was like, I have like, no, I'm not going to let that drawing down. I'm not going to let that vision down. And it just yeah. works so well, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I think as an artist, you know, you already understand the power of the visual and that the visual just unfolds for you and the painting evolves. And so I don't know what your process as an artist is. And so maybe you can speak to that. But what I do know is that when you have that picture, you said, it solidified it and it made it so that you wanted it to happen. And those things, that's part of that magical energy you were talking about earlier. And your parents did it, right? And your mom moved from Portugal to the US, right? To Florida and did that. And part of that is, you know, trust and will and grit and going forward with the vision of you as an artist, right? That's right. And so, yeah, the fact that we're bringing this up, I'm thinking about something I wanted to tell you. I read in Jansen's History of Art yes. book. It's this, it's this like tome of just the world's history of art, starting with cave paintings. And I read something and I immediately thought of you because it talks about the Lascaux cave paintings. Yes. And so they're hidden away. They're not accessible by some casual intruder at the mouth of a cave, but they are put back because of the, yeah. the ritual involved and the power. And so they would make these realistic you know big game animals as a part of a magic ritual to ensure a successful hunt right. now so when the climate started to warm up a bit and they start to head north the animals start to head north they shift from like ensuring a killing of a hunt to literally drawing the painting these animals in the cave and trying to get as realistic as possible because they think they're now bringing them like into existence they are making more animals they're not oh, drawing wow. a distinction between an image and reality to them it's kind right. of the same and i'm like right. that is literally what patty was talking about and it's just yeah. like this it's just amazing to see this thread yeah. from the dawn of of humanity yeah. like and it's yeah. you know you can repackage it but it's kind of the same approach <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> well and i think people don't they underestimate the power of drawing something you know but it and the fact that it's part of your DNA, it's your heritage that you were sometime. And, you know, if you believe in, you know, evolution, you evolved from that. So somewhere in your cellular structure is a portion of you that can draw. If you can get the critic out of the way, right? right then right. it's much more powerful. How did you learn to get your critic out of the way? What do you do when you start to feel critical about what you're doing? I remember in high school feeling very insecure and weird and self-conscious. And then I yeah. remember having this sort of breakthrough moment where I realized everyone felt that way. Like people are too busy thinking about themselves and, and their shortcomings to yeah. maybe judge me. And if they aren't, then I don't know, maybe they're a little bit like a little snaky and I don't need them around. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know from there, I kind of, just relaxed and you know I remember appreciating when other people would mess up in front of the public eye because yeah. I remember not judging them I just remember feeling more relaxed within myself and so I thought you know what if you're messing up like yep. just that's fine and so yeah I just really haven't worried about how I look too much in public you know, with a well well of- and also with your art you know yeah. that, that's part of it is that you oh, that's a big part yeah yeah you evolve 
do you evolve within the painting itself, the process within itself? Or do you have a set idea of what you're going to paint and you sketch it out with a pencil and then you go from there, but then does it evolve if that's the case? How does it, how do you approach it? It evolves even if you have it sketched out. So much like the drawings I do for visualization and I, sorry to keep coming back to it, but (laughs) that is what you're about. And so, yeah, I've noticed like with visualization uh, drawings or posters, it doesn't always come out exactly how you put, whether it's like one specific picture, like many things like, so there's always this sort of margin of, you know, the unexpected outcome of of what your dream ends up looking like. There's the unexpected outcome of what the painting ends up looking like. And it's always kind of a surprise and it's always a little, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Cause I mean, if, if you are just trying to recreate what you see, and you succeed at that, then that's fine. And that's great. And there's a market for it. But I just feel like it's a little bit more exciting. It's a little bit more rock and roll to just sort of like, let it evolve and let it be what it is. I Mm -hmm. think. um, And then do you have, you know, other painters? I know you do probably at the art league, but do you have any other painters in your life or other artists that really influence you and impact you? Who are your role models in a way? My role models are or who do you are you interested in right now that you think oh that is so cool what they're doing I like that Frank O'Kane who I'm taking a class from right now comes from this lineage that started the school of abstract expressionism in New York and like and the lineage goes back to Europe so when you're somewhere in the country and you think you're making an abstract painting and you're thinking that you're just expressing a thing or a lot, you might not realize there's this very solid, like coming about and process of thinking that made abstract expressionism possible. I mean, it's such a thing and it, it's like a pearl of an oyster of a lot of discussion, a lot of turf wars. And the CIA actually at one point was helping fund these art shows by the abstract expressionists because it seemed wow. like an anti Russian thing to invest in because it was about like, free thought and it was like oh wow that doesn't that sound just so like the cia (laughs) that is so crazy it is and so you think it's these shapes on a canvas and you just learn it so much more i mean it's a national identity that yeah Yeah. i mean it's a lot so yeah i'm currently getting more kind of serious when it comes to abstract work that is more like committing to a form and committing something that's solid beyond just expressing something that i think is a, a good composition, which is part of it. But yeah, so yeah, I'm really nerding out on, on the- yeah, just, No, I yeah, like that. Actually, it's artist. interesting. I think that because if you're not an artist, you don't understand sometimes where you see people do a painting and you think, hmm, where'd they get that? Or where'd they get that idea? Or how did they, especially an abstract expressionist painter- is a very unique stream of painting, right? It's mm-hmm. not a realism. It's just such a free form in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so even if it has people in it and things in it, it really is the composition is about that. And so that freedom, and I could see why the CIA would want to study that and follow that, but it seems like an non sequitur to me, you know, like, or what, that's not the right word, but it just doesn't seem to match up. Well, it's surprising. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Combination. And when you, when you think about yourself and what you want to do, like when you envision the future, what's on your future map now, where do you see yourself is part of it, the, the storefront studio where you got these big paintings and stuff like that, but what else? Yeah. Well, so 
I see myself in like a high collaborative editorial Mm. place where people Mm. come to me for creative collaboration if they want a certain like vibe on a photo shoot I do like to get out and do these like extracurricular sort of yeah you do all these weird things yes you do but then but then yeah I I do want to give an example of one when you say that so people know well extracurricular activities what would that be (laughs) like you standing in front interviewing people what what is it I would love to play Joan Mitchell, the abstract painter, and Amy Sherman Palladino's upcoming project. She's supposedly doing, you know, she did Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's turning Ninth Street women about these abstract expressionists, um, the women there, into this film. And I'm like, how cool would that be, right? Or how cool would it be <laughs> if, if Wes Anderson called me up and was like, you know, we want to give this like the the Eva vibe on like the backdrops. Like, can you help with the backdrops or like to be oh, that's like, fantastic one of his, or to be Did, just one of his films as like an artist character? Like, I feel like I yeah, this, it just, yes, yes, you definitely yeah. could do that. What I love about <laughs> this, and so if anybody out there knows this person, I want you to connect her to them because this is how the universe works. You just put it out there, so we're gonna just see if we can't manifest that because. You know, what's fascinating to me about what you do and who you are is you're always wacky. You're just doing some wild things. Even when you were coming through Denver, we didn't know each other at all. She shows up in these hot pants at my house. I've got these contractors. They're like just totally scoping her. They can't like take their eyes off of her. I'm like, get back to work. And we're just having this (laughs) chat and it's fantastic. You know, I mean, you really are an artist artist. You really are. And so I'm curious when you, what's your day look like from start to finish? What's it look like a typical day? Well, when I wake up, I check on Zelensky. Is he still alive? How's he doing? I make coffee (laughs) and then I take the train to work. I'm there all day. I come home where I just either, you know, work on one of my projects or, you know, pass out or have dinner with my husband, who I also um, met through a drawing that I did using your method. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, and then, on well, the- and he's such an, he's an artist himself. So, you know, I mean, he's just an incredible person. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, if he, I've heard, you know, to be successful, you need to have a supportive partner. Like that's one of the things for success. And I was like, wow, I really don't have that ever. I would, I really have are these saboteurs of my life who come and suck me dry and then are so rude. So I was like, I need to just like, yeah, I need to like really solidify my foundation so I can operate on a higher kind of plane where I'm not constantly having to like pick myself up again, which was, you know, sort of another like underbelly. Well, and you drew a picture with him in it. That was how we met is that Mm -hmm. you watched that Ted video. You drew a Mm -hmm. picture of your husband. Mm -hmm. Then somehow you contacted me to tell me that what you had drawn showed up in your real life, your husband, and you married him. And it hadn't been that long that you were married to him that you contacted me. Yeah, yeah. And it, it took a year. And I remember you're, you saying in the TED talk, like, oh, it'll take about a year. And it took a year. And I was just like, that is a genius. What is happening? So anyway, yeah. So it just um, lodged in there. And then you <laughs> took it as truth. That's yeah, all. And since, yeah. So since then, some things will take less than a year. Some things will take more for a year. Like I did this drawing like two years ago to like clear my student loans. It's now been two years, but some take longer. So I'm still going toward that. But yeah, so then the weekends, that's when I like have time to work on my projects. So I'm either, yeah, painting or or reading or you know playing guitar in my little honey tome comb tome honey tone 
amp. <laughs> it's very cute. I love it. Yeah. But this full-time job is new. So usually when I would have that job where I was working from like remotely doing social media for coffee, I could just, I was traveling. I was staying with friends. I was like creating artist residences for me. And so um, this is, yeah, I love the job. I love where I'm at. And I hope to eventually go back to a place where I do have more time. Yeah, And (laughs) what's true is that, you know, you said earlier, you said, you know, sometimes you move forward in this trajectory of getting your vision. And then sometimes you kind of have a detour. And to me, Mm -hmm. this is like the change genie detour card, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That in the weather that you might encounter in your life, you've got a detour. However, this was an essential detour for you as an artist. And mm-hmm. so I'm fascinated by that because that tells me you're on the right track to stepping into even more into your greatness and being seen and known for the beautiful work that you do. Because honestly, people, it's beautiful. You know, there are painters and she's just incredible. So you have to check out her work. Now, tell me, Eva, if you were going to give advice to anybody about how they could pivot, how they get through, you know, and the highs and lows of what their experience is, what would you say? What are your tips? I'd say do whatever you can to get really clear. That's a great basis. Like, and I mean, like, if you just notice that maybe you are really stuck on something or it just, you know, physically or mentally or emotionally, I think it's really good to be clear because then you do have the space to, yeah, go forward on these pivots. But when you're clear, you also can pay more attention to hunches. You know, you can recognize a wave, you know, you're like a surfer. You want, you want to hop a wave, right? So if you're too scared, if you're sitting on the beach, like, oh my God, I don't like, I can't tell the wave. Like you, so you got to recognize these waves. And like, Mm. so just a quick example I really wanted to work remotely. That was so important to me. I mean, that's really a dream, right? To be able yeah. to, <laughs> and I, I did not have a remote job. Yeah. Yeah. And I just got this like idea in my head. I don't know why. I just thought there's this coffee shop called Gennaro's in St. Pete and, and she wasn't do, doing very well. And I was like, I'm just going to offer to do a mural, a very, very big mural. And I'm not going to ask for money and I'm just going to do it. And it was completely irrational. Why? To what end? I don't know. But I offered it. She gave it to me. One year later, you know, after I made that drawing, Okay, so I did that like half a year later. I, I moved to New York. I do that drawing that you had done that had the, of my husband. Draw your future yeah. with your husband. So, yeah, right. So and so like a year, and and then I eventually moved back to St. Pete to make this album. And it was that painting I had done of the coffee farmers in this coffee shop, where an interview I had someone had set up for me, like just called me out of the blue, like, "Hey, like they need this social media person." And so I met her like down the road from where that mural was. And at the end, I said, "Hey, I want to show you something." And she goes in and she sees this depiction of literally, literally what is the core brand message of the company, right? Like, like fair trade, like pro farmer. And I have these farmers, it's very uplifting. And she was like, what? I mean, that's a pretty big sign, like hire this girl, right? And so, (laughs) (laughs) so you just have to, like, you have to follow your hunch. You have to follow, you have to do something to, to start driving it forward. So yeah, you have to That's think interesting. It, just, you have drive to it think forward, of what you want. You, you have it. to drive the thing forward. So even if it's not landing an interview, if it's just like, yeah, putting a picture up or, you know, just getting an outfit that you would wear in this sort of situation, just doing something to start to shift your life 
toward that. And, and you have to, you know, yeah, kind of keep it like a big vision because it's not going to happen immediately all the time. But, and you know, sometimes you feel like you might be deserving of that because you see social media and everyone's got it so easy on social media. Why can't you have it so easy too? But it's not, it's not true. Yeah, no, I love that. It's really not true. I think that, you know, look at how old I am. It's still not true. Sometimes it's not true. You really have to work. You have to, and we talked um, just briefly about grit how grit is essential to you moving yourself forward. So you have a big picture vision of where you want to go. And then you pay attention to your hunches about what you should do. And then you do that. And then later you see, maybe a year later, you see the link between the two things and what has happened. And, you know, I think everybody, I don't know about you, but I think everybody's cycle of manifestation is very different. But you can accelerate things and you can inspire yourself by having that picture. And that is the whole point of it. There's no other reason to be doing it except that it fills you with dopamine. You know, it makes you feel high, like you're capable and confident. You're suddenly, you know, a super person. There you go. You're going to be able to do it and you get your cape on and then you go out and you do these weird things. And they all link up at the end. And so, you know, I think when I think about you and just you're growing up now that I know that, and now you're at the art league, you know, and that you're constantly learning and trying to do different things and stretch yourself. These two are other ways that tips of how you can be bigger in the world, because it's not about you getting to the end result. I think people think, you know, it's all about making it whatever making it looks like. And trust me, every moment is making it. And I know that from watching you because every moment you appreciate whatever it is and you post that appreciation so we can see it. And it's not always pretty. It's not always perfect, but it is appreciating the moment. And so thank you for that. God, thank you for that. That's, yeah, <laughs> I guess I do do that. I, <laughs> connected. <laughs> well, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, I can't wait to have you back after you've learned whatever that, I mean, like in a year, I want you to come back on this very day in a year so that we can see what happened from here and to see whether you get in that movie or not. I don't care. I think you should. We're yes! going to get something's going to happen. Ooh, so did I, I pay off my student loans? Let's see what happens in one year. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Will you be in that movie? Will they ask you to do the backdrops? What Who cares? Will, will you be an artist in that, <laughs> that set of that? That would be fantastic. And will your movie be complete? I'm sure it will. So I love you so much. And thank you for spending time with everybody. Oh, gosh. Thanks. I love you too so much. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's always good to see you. And I'm happy that I could share my story with everyone. Yeah, me too. Thanks again. All right, everybody, you know the drill. You definitely want to connect with Eva Avenue. You want to follow her. You want to see her beautiful paintings. And then you want to buy one. And then you want to go on with your day and take some of her tips and apply them. And then, you know, forward this to your friends if you like the podcast and send us a note just to tell us what you thought was incredible about this experience. So I can't wait to see you again. And so until next time, up your creative genius. And I mean it. I mean it. 
Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on Up Your Creative Genius. Then join me next week for more Rocket Fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe, and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy, get out, and up your creative genius. And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobrovolsky, and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. 